This is a production of Money Honey Media. All advice in this podcast is general in nature. You should check with a tax professional before applying it to your personal circumstances. Hi, I'm Jay McCauley and welcome to Let's Get Down to Business. As the year draws to a close, I just wanted to do a quick episode to go through a couple of things that have changed in the last few months that you probably should be aware of if you aren't already aware of them. So let's start with director IDs. Now, director IDs, we knew were coming, but the application for a director ID opened on the 1st of November this year. What is a director ID? A director ID is a unique number that will be attached to you and if you are a director of a company, you will have to advise the people who are looking after the company secretarial stuff, which is more than likely going to be your accountant, of your director ID. At the moment, we can't do anything with that, but that doesn't stop us having to apply for one. So when do we need to apply for them? So if you were an existing director of a company, as at the 31st of October... 2021. When I say existing, it means that you are at that point in time at currently a a director of a company, not that you have at some point in time been a director of a company, but if you were actually a director of a company at that point in time, then you have until the 30th of November 2022 to apply for your director ID. If you became a director of a company from the first between the 1st of November 2021 and the 4th of April 2022 you have 28 days from your appointment to get your director ID now that doesn't apply if you were a current director as at the 31st of October and just happened to start a new company it's only for people who were not a director as at the 31st of October who become a director during that period of time from the 1st of November to the 4th of April 2022 who have the 28-day window to apply for their director ID. And if you then become a director from the 5th of April 2022, you have to have actually applied for your director ID prior to your appointment. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we can't do it. You have to do it yourself, which is a bit of a pain because I know not everyone likes having to get applications of things done, so they usually come and ask us to help them. But unfortunately, we really can't apply for this for you. We can help you, but we can't do the application. The application is done on the Australian Business Registry Service, which the website ID is abrs.gov.au. I'll say that again, abrs. .gov.au. And if you go onto that website, you will find there's all sorts of information about applying for your director ID. I'm sure you won't have too much trouble navigating your way to that area. What you will need, however, to apply for your director ID is your MyGov ID. Now, what is your MyGov ID? Well, that is your digital identity that is set up to deal with Australian government, certain Australian government departments. It is not your MyGov account. It is a different thing. It is called a MyGov ID. And to do that, you have to apply for that. You have to go and download an app onto your phone, and then you have to verify who you are. Now, of course, they want all the usual verification stuff, such as passports, driver's licenses, birth certificates, Medicare cards. And once they have enough information to believe that you are who you say you are, you'll have your MyGov ID set up. Again, we have had a few people have 
difficulty getting this before because your identification has to be the same on all of your documents. And sometimes people's names may be spelled a little differently or somehow something has lost um, lost its way. <laughs> you may have got married, you may have changed names. So make sure that you get onto that and get that set up as soon as you can because it can take a little bit of time to get your MyGov ID sorted. If you do get your MyGov ID sorted out relatively quickly, there are three different strengths that are possible to have on that. So the first is basic, the second one is standard, and the third one is strong. You, would at least, you will at least need standard to be able to apply for your director ID. But if you can get the strong ID, it is much quicker to apply for your MyGov ID. So what's the difference? Well, a strong MyGov ID includes a, va a face verification. So essentially, once you've verified who you are, um, it will then have a look and do a scan of your face using your phone and try and match that to your passport photo or driver's license or whatever it is that you've given as photo ID. So if you do have that strong identification, once that's been verified, it will make it much easier to get your director ID. Simply go onto the website, follow the instructions and you'll find that it comes through pretty quickly. So get onto that if you are a director of a company. I'm sure there are plenty of you out there who will be directors of a company, whether that is the business that you're running or if you're, you might be a director of the self-managed super fund trustee company that you're attached to. Once you do have that, uh, what I suggest you let someone know what your director ID is. Make sure you save it somewhere so that you can access it. At the moment, there is actually no provision for us to provide this to the ASIC. However, there is the rule that you have to have it. So get in there and get it. And in a few years' time, which I believe is at some point in time in 2023, the systems will be at a stage where they can actually add the director ID to the company information. But I don't want you to miss out on the time frame in which you can claim that uh, you can apply for it because if you don't apply it in the right time for it in the right time frame, you'll probably be fined. And let's face it, no one wants to be fined for missing something. So that's director ID. The next thing I want to speak to you about that has also started on the 1st of November is what's known as a stapled superannuation fund. And what that means is that if you are an employer of a person and they haven't provided you with their superannuation fund details, which all employers have had that happen, I'm sure, at times. You've employed someone, you ask them for their super details, they don't come back to you. Uh, occasionally that person may actually leave before you even get their details and then we're frustrated with this small amount of super that we need to pay to that person and we can't find where to pay it and we know that we're in breach of our super guarantee um, our super guarantee obligations. So now we can go to the ATO and ask them to provide the stapled super fund which is essentially a super fund that is the main super fund for that person and we can then start to make the contributions to that. It doesn't change our need to make superannuation obligation, um, superannuation guarantee obligations. There's nothing different there. It just allows us to find where to put that in the most easy way if we haven't been provided the details from an employer, employee sorry, when we give them their super choice foot form. So to do this, again, you would need to be able to deal 
through the ATO, so using your business portal, or you can ask your tax agent to help you with this. And to do that, you would need a MyGovID. So if you haven't already gone and got your MyGovID and set up your business portal, maybe it's a great time to get this sorted as well. To do to apply to find out someone's uh, staple super fund, you need to have firstly established some sort of employment relationship, which means you either have to have submitted a tax file number declaration or you have to have lodged a single touch payroll. And once that employment relationship has been established, you can then go online and ask the ATO to provide you with the details of the super fund. Now, if you're trying to find those details for a subcontractor, uh, which is an individual, so a sole trader subcontractor, and you know that you need to pay them super, of course you're not going to have been able to establish that employment relationship because you're not employing them. So if you do need to find out what the Staples Super Fund is for a contractor, you can go on to the ATO uh, portal, onto your business portal, and use the secure mail function on the ATO online services and request the details that way. If you do go and have a look at the ATO website and look up stapled super funds, it will give you instructions on how to do that. So just remember that that function is available if you do have an employee who hasn't provided you with their super fund after you've asked them to give you their fund details um, and you feel like there is something out there that you, some place where you can put it. Of course, the ATO want everyone to have their super all in the one account and not in a whole bunch of little accounts spread everywhere. So before you start putting it into your nominated fund, go and ask them first. If they don't come back to you, apply and see if they have a stapled super fund. And if they don't have that, then you can put it into the nominated default fund that you have for your business. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is single touch payroll two. So phase two of single touch payroll. We're all very familiar with single touch payroll now. We've been using it for a while and the ATO have expanded single touch payroll to the next phase. This is something that's going to keep going on into the future. Single touch payroll is only going to get more and more complicated with what is, is reported. But phase two is now here or it will be at least from the 1st of January 2022. Now I know a few of you are probably panicking, oh my gosh, 1st of January 2022, that's only a couple of weeks away. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so if your software provider for your payroll is organized and has got single touch payroll phase two all ready to go, then you can start reporting that from the 1st of January 2022 and with the intention that it can be delayed until the 3rd of March 2022 or the 1st of March 2022. However, a lot of the providers haven't actually got their act to get into gear and, and not actually ready for single touch payroll phase two. So your need to, dic to uh, uh, stick by whatever the rules are is actually dictated by your software provider for payroll. If you're a zero user, they have had a year extension. So let's not panic too much. We've still got probably another year before we have to worry about single touch payroll phase two. What is it going to involve you doing? Well, probably not too much different to what you're already doing with single touch payroll phase one. Um, the difference is that there will be a little bit more information reported to the ATO. And so you might find that you have to go in and tweak some of your payroll categories to report in a little bit more detail. But just be aware that that's coming up next year. There will be changes happening with regard to single touch payroll. 
Um, and I just want you to make sure that you don't miss that again because these are all really easy things to get right and we just don't want to be fine for not doing something that we could have been doing all along and just didn't feel like we knew anything about it. Okay, so the year is drawing to an end, as we have mentioned, and this year I have been pretty consistent with getting out podcasts all year, and we've been trying to find our way with what we want to do with our podcast. So I've had a bit of a think about it, and from next year, we're going to change the podcast up a little bit. So first of all, we're going to change the name. It's not going to be called Let's Get Down to Business. The podcast is going to be called The Trady Wags Podcast. I want to get back to what I really want to be doing, which is helping small business owners to understand what their obligations are and being really up to date and not behind with their work. A lot of you have become accidental bookkeepers, whether that be because you are what we call a tradie wag, a wife or girlfriend, or potentially a mother or father or partner or whatever the situation might be of someone who has gone into business for themselves and all of a sudden you're left with the responsibilities of helping them get their bookkeeping done. You're probably a little confused with what you're supposed to be doing, where to start or you might be a business owner that's doing your own bookkeeping. The idea of the Trady Wags podcast is to help you navigate what you're supposed to know. So there's going to be a couple of little segments in that to give you some really easy tips on what to do, some very up-to-date information about what might have happened in the last week that is relevant to a small business owner. And of course, we'll be giving you the deadlines for things that you have to lodge and hopefully having a little bit of fun with it as well. So I hope you will join us with the Trading Wags podcast, which will start in your ears very early into the new year, uh, probably around the second week of January. And we really want you to share it and to start to get out to all of your friends that this is the place to go to find your information in a simple format and really get that business ticking along. Okay, there's still a few more podcasts potentially to come for the rest of the year, but we just thought I just thought I'd step in now and do a really quick one for this week just to give you an update on what is happening here at Money Honey Media. Hopefully that gave you a little bit of information and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks again to Joel Eshman for editing our podcast. Have a great week, everyone.